Hello, welcome to another episode of Unpacking Neuroqueerness. Today I have a very special guest, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, their name is Lisa. We've been friends for a very, very long time since kindergarten. 2001. 2001, yes. At least, at least 2001. At least 2001. Um, and... Yeah, we've we've always been very close. Um, we there was a period where we didn't talk for a while because I moved to Brazil for nine years. Uh, but then we actually, while I was still living in Brazil, we started talking again through Facebook. Um, so I guess that's one thing I owe to Facebook. Um, <laughs> and uh, thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I guess. thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, one thing. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so then we really, uh, I moved back to the U.S. and we reconnected, um, started meeting in person again, and then we discovered, we were both late diagnosed, um, autistics, and, uh, so we have a lot to talk about regarding that, um, so Lisa has a few notes, and then I, I have a few questions as well, um, but I'll let you start, uh, I'll let you start, Lisa. Wait, no, you ask, ask at least one question. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ask one question first. Um, yeah, uh, let's see here. Um, okay, my first question. Here we go. How soon in your life did you suspect being neurodivergent? Interesting question. I went to preschool and I was a solo player and I didn't really have many friends. I had one friend and then a person that I hung around who wasn't the nicest, but I've always felt a little different because... Uh, People were just grading, honestly. Like, I really just thought people were grading. Like, I went to preschool at the JCC, and the best parts were um, freaking pretending to give birth to baby dolls in the corner where no one would bother me. And then um, making holla on Fridays mm. and then making, like, oobleck or whatever it's called. You know the cornstarch stuff? Yeah. And then this other kind of, like, jelly stuff. Like, my earliest memories of enjoying life have nothing to do with other people. Yeah, I mean... Um, and I feel like everyone else hung out and played together, and I was just sort of like, I'm gonna look for bugs. Bye. I, I think it's also... Well, uh, so clearly you had a special interest at, at, that, at that age already. I mean... I think my no that's about, that was definitely like Teletubbies and Blues Clues. Yeah. I don't know which came first, PBS. You know, like mm -hmm. it was a long time. Yeah. I mean, I like... it might have been the same time, but like that's all I thought about. Yeah. All I thought about. Oh yeah, I would pretend to be like in Teletubby Land, not anywhere near anyone. Mm -hmm. Well, I um, think that also. What? Um, I think. Uh, it also felt like maybe, I don't know if I, I want to make sure I didn't, um, 
misinterpret, but you said that the the other kids were were kind of were kind of mean to you, right? They weren't um really I mean yeah, at one point my friend Caleb, okay. I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. Caleb, if you're out there, what's up? He were in preschool. He called me a baby. <laughs> I don't know why I was afraid of his name. Um, yeah, no, he called me a baby in the sandbox. And then, like, he was my only friend until then. Because, like, yeah. his friend was calling me a baby, and then he outgrew me. And then, like, the other person was a friend. But everyone was like, oh, he has a crush on her. It's okay. That's why he's mean to her. And I was, like, always like, this dude sucks. Like... Yeah. Get him away from me. But also, sometimes I would want to be his friend because, like, I, I don't remember anyone else besides him and this girl that I had a crush on. I think her name was mm-hmm. Zoe. Um, because I always would try and sit next to her and hold her hand, and she would always go away. Mm-hmm. Like, she wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, and then kindergarten. The unkind boy stayed with me mm. till the third grade. Um, but I got held back into kindergarten. And I'm honestly unsure if it was because of, like, autism. Oh, yeah, being held back in the kindergarten. That was a huge um, indicator that I was different. I don't know why I didn't just say that at first. Um <laughs> I was held back in the kindergarten. That's yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, it seems to be like that. That's kind of like a. I mean, it's sad that it like was already happening to you that early, but clearly that's a sign of how society kind of you know rejects us like from an early age for being different um, and just you know. Like, you know, not not just, um, maybe not even just the kids, but, like, the whole culture, like, their parents were probably, like, and, you know, not even, like, maybe not even aware, but just, I think, this whole culture, like, of, ableism and like excluding people that are different like I feel like so many people are like ableist and they don't even know that they're being ableist and they just you know have this like they would never acknowledge it like the 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 teacher for example um I I know we talked before about one of our teachers how how she was really mean to you. She said some mean things. Um, and, you know, like, she wouldn't acknowledge it when you called her out later. And I think it just shows how people, they just, it's, like, not even something they really think about because it's so ingrained, but that's the problem. It's, like, it starts so early, um... I don't know, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent now, but, um... No, I think you have a point. Like, just, she probably has no memory of it, just because, like, she wasn't thinking, like, 
this is going to be a phrase that sticks with a person for the rest of their life. She was just sort of like, this child has no brain because I couldn't understand, like, a multiplication table. I... It's hard. Like, multiplication is not... Yeah, and you were in second grade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's like... uh, It's really frustrating. It makes me frustrated because I was like... You know, I guess she was... And this is probably like there was some gender prejudice because... She was pretty nice to me in general and, you know... Like, not letting kids bully me or whatever, but, like, the fact that she was so dismissive and and mean to you, it shows that um, that perhaps there was some sort of prejudice there. And it's, it's upsetting because, like, I, because of that, I, you know, like, because I, I had never really had bad experiences with her, I never... I don't know. I I like. I thought she was okay because I like ran into her like maybe ten years ago or almost ten years ago, uh, and it was like fine and like I feel like if I had known that, that you know she said that stuff to you, maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe I would have said something to her, you know, um, cause, like. <laughs> I mean, she denies it, because I know that at one point my mom, my mom, who's also neurodivergent, and um, I have a hunch that she's autistic. However, I don't know, she's 50-something? Like, she's at, is she, is that technically, are you familiar with the lost generation? Mm, I don't know if I've heard the term before. Um, It's like... Um, hold on. Should not be googling things right now. Um, a lot. Um, lost generation refers to like older adults with autism that didn't get picked yeah. up because no one thought of things like that at all. Oh yeah, I think that applies. Like, I mean, especially to like older adults for sure. Um. But then even all the way down to, like, our age, like, for me, like, yeah. Because I guess, you know, both of us not getting diagnosed until, I mean, I was 16 and, like, you were in your 20s, right? Yeah, and I had to seek it out and look for an autism specialist. Yeah, because there's still, and this is something I've touched on um, a little bit on other episodes, but there's still a lot of misinformation and just poorly educated professionals um that don't understand autism and they think that you have to be a white cisgender boy to be autistic uh and that you have to have really high support needs and it has to be like you have to they think that there's like a look or whatever that you have to have they, they think you have to be like the person from that the Sia movie. Have you seen that disaster? Oh my god, I have not <laughs> seen it. I've heard about it, and that made. I me... haven't seen it, but like, have you seen like clips? I've seen. I've read bad. about the whole story with it and how 
how the creator was, you know, not... She didn't cast an autistic person, and then she was very gaslighty with her interactions with the community when they called her out. But I didn't yeah, even... Yeah, she was awful. She was awful, yeah. Because I... I, yeah. I, yeah, no, I feel like that's what people expect. Like, yeah, this of weird, like, person in an entirely different existence. Yeah, because or they. Or someone who just loves robots. They don't think of us as human. They think of us as, like, this foreign. Savant. Specimen, savant, either, you know, a savant or. Or kind of useless. Yeah, just like, like a cute they little, think like, we're. Pet. Yeah, like, it's one or the other. It's, like, you know, they there's no spectrum to them. Like, the spectrum is, like, they think it's a linear scale, and they think there's no middle. Um, they, they don't, they don't know shit. It's really frustrating. I know. Oh, I, I didn't mean to get so off topic, but I think that, like, honestly, this might be, like, worth bringing up, that my mom's also neurodivergent and gets flustered really easy. Yeah, and, like, what, when did she get um, diagnosed? She's not been, di- she's not been diagnosed, oh, I but see. she's, okay. she has that dyslexia, but that was diagnosed in, like, I don't know, the 80s? The yeah. Night, the 80s. Yeah, dyslexia I, I, is neurodivergence, I believe. It's also considered... Oh, yeah, no, yeah. she's definitely, like, mm-hmm. neurodivergent, but, like, I think more than just dyslexia. Yeah. And I think that people catch on to that and tend to, like, dismiss her. And a lot of my teachers have done that because my grandma has stepped in a lot, meaning the best and doing what she could to help yeah. in the absence of my dad. But... Uh, People didn't see it that way. They saw it as my mom needing a lot of extra help mm-hmm. versus, like, a grandma stepping in in the place of a father sort of thing. I so, see. like, people just viewed my mom as, like, I don't know how they viewed her, but the way they treated her was this person playing house who could barely take care of their child and didn't really need to be taken seriously. Um. So, like, when she went to the principal about how i had been treated they just she just sort of was like oh yeah one of them is lying um and didn't really get dealt with oh wow but i feel like families with like i don't know what i'm trying to say fully but i think that like ableism ableism bad yeah, of course not I good mean... but i think that like it can affect whole families like the edu- education system can affect like whole families in the way they treat yeah. what they view as just like i don't know like a problem child i mean yeah maybe really, we've gotten better it's really frustrating like they don't even try to understand the the situation and the child and like where you're coming from and what's going on and what's going on at home uh they just you know assume you're a problem because you're you know it's like it's this whole thing where where it's like it's like neurotypicals like to them it seems like it's all about behavior it's like and they don't think about like what's behind the behavior they don't think about like 
you know, like, that's why no one really knows about, like, outside of the autistic community, like, people don't know about sensory overload, people don't know about, like, because they're not taught, like, it's just so frustrating, like, they're not taught the things that actually cause the behavior, that's the whole thing with ABA, too, it's all about, like, oh, you know, correcting behaviors, or as if the behavior were just, like, something out of nowhere like it just drives me crazy Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt i didn't mean to no it's okay um aba i feel like how many like people who went through aba are like so much more awkward than they would have been if they hadn't oh i'm sure forced to go through trauma yeah because it is because that's like that's what happens it's like it's traumatic because it's you're you're being told constantly to not be who you are you're being you're being like forced to suppress your stims forced to deal with sensory overload and and ignored and you know just like oh my god i mean it's just i mean i think i was lucky that i didn't have much exposure to aba uh, but you know i know about I've read countless things about people that have, and I know how bad it is. And I mean, I just, I know that they're still doing it. And what drives me crazy is that there's still, it's still considered the gold standard, you know, support or whatever. They call it treatment, which is another word that drives me crazy. Um, Cause we don't, we don't want to be treated, obviously. Um, you know, we don't need to be treated, which is different. Like, it would be nice to just be... Just need support. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, it's just, you know, shows, like, how deep this whole ableism problem is. Um, and, I mean, uh, yeah, it's just really frustrating. Um, so... Yeah, I, so my next question, um, how did your neuro, well, okay, we already kind of touched on that, about how it affected you early on, um, sometimes this happens, like, with interviews, like, which is nice about interviews, too, is that we'll cover multiple things, um, multiple questions, um, at once. Yeah. Um, Okay, so how did coming out as LGBT and then non-binary compared to coming out as neurodivergent? Or at least to the people that you have chosen to disclose all that information? I think that, um, I've, I've disclosed, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I think that I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how seriously people take me being non-binary is, or I don't know how seriously people take that. Um, I'm pretty sure that the people around me are just sort of like, uh, I don't care who you're with, just make sure they don't suck, like, for your sake. Um, and, uh, I don't think people believed that I was autistic for a really long time. However, when I was a kiddo, like, oh, I don't know what age, but 
I was doing like weird tests. It was post nine eleven. Yeah. I just know that because it was after a trip to New York that was a month before nine eleven. Oh. Which is bonkers. Yeah. Um, but there was a family member there who had said, Hey, I think you should get your kid tested. And then um, the teachers were like, Hey, Lisa should go in for testing. And so I got tested rigorously from like 2001 to 2004. Wow. Um, I hear the cat. Yeah, it's my cat, Nays. She's, uh, I think she wants to be on the podcast, too. Yeah, so. She's got opinions. Yeah, she does. She has a lot of opinions. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um. Um, So it was early on that, that you were... Because that was, like, when we were in first grade still, right? When you No, second grade. Because 9-11 was, like, fall 2001. So that's, uh... Did you ever notice that in our grade, like, the grade we were in, that whatever year it was, like, that was our grade. So, like, first grade was ended in 2001. Second grade ended in 2002. Yeah. So on and so right. forth. That's right, because I left in third grade, and that was... We that would have ended. That was right before the end of third grade, I guess. Then I left. Cause, mm-hmm. Like spring. Yeah, because I left in the spring, two thousand three. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was actually in like occupational therapy or whatever the heck for whatever in the third grade. Oh. It's where wow. we got my cat. R.I.P. Boom. Oh no. She, she passed away a year. Year ago, two years. It's been a blur. It's been weird. It's been a year. That was that in third grade or or just what? That was in third grade. We got her in third grade. She just passed away, like or like after the third grade, because we moved into a place that allowed for cats. She was nine months old, and I was nine years old. Oh. Oh, she wow. made it to, like, two years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, so March she... of, like, 2021. Oh, wow. So that's 18 years. Yeah, she lived a while. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, considering the average lifespan of cats nowadays. Honestly, and she was being fed on, like, the kind of food that, like, you feed cats in 2004 because she's a cat and she's not going to change her diet. Yeah. Wow, I mean, that's... That food's not that great, but she's still... It's all the love my mom gave to her. Yeah, most most definitely, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I was in occupational therapy as that in the third grade for stuff. And my thing was is... They told my grandma and my mom that I was probably autistic, a little bit autistic, but I would grow out of it. And then they never acknowledged it again. And I'm just sort of like, that's not how things work. That's not how that works. I'm just like, immediately when you're saying that, I'm like, oh my God, like, grow out of it. You don't grow out of a different brain type. (laughs) 
you don't grow up out of a neurotype. Yeah, it's... Oh my god, it's like... Jesus. Fuck. <laughs> it's so silly. It's like, I learned that when I was like 16 and I cried so much and I was like, I don't want to be autistic. But I wasn't diagnosed because like they were just like, oh yeah, they'll grow out of it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was... I mean, I guess like... It's because no one, like, I didn't even understand. Because I got, like, when I got my diagnosis, it was still called Asperger's, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And I didn't even know, because no one really, I mean, there just wasn't enough information. Like, there wasn't the right kind of information out there, like... There was some information, but, you know, it was all very pathologized, you know. It was not the kind of stuff that is easier to find now, which is more neurodiversity affirming. Like, the whole concept of neurodiversity, I didn't even have introduced to me until, like, just a few years ago. Um, So, I think that led me to kind of view autism from a negative lens because everything I had been told about it was like what society is continuously told, which is a very ableist perspective. And that's what's really sad is that like I think about it and it's like there are kids now, there are autistic kids now that are like, you know, being being conditioned to think that they're like going through ABA and whatever and like being conditioned to think that their autism is bad and then that affects how they think about themselves and then that affects their mental health and you know like like this is still happening like we're talking about it now like in our 20s like about stuff that happened to us you know when we were younger but then it's it's the same stuff it's the same stuff and it's still happening. And it's so frustrating. And sad. Um, Did you know any autistic people? Gosh. I mean, definitely not. Not that I knew of. I mean, I probably did. I mean, I know we knew each other, but we didn't... We were far from knowing that we were autistic at that point. Yeah. Um, but, you know... I I mean, I probably did have some friends throughout my life that were also autistic, but we probably just never knew that on either end that we were autistic um, or that the other person was, you know. And, um, and then, yeah, like I never... I mean, I, you know... Like, when I was in Brazil, most of uh, the school I went to there was, like, you know, the people at that school were just very... Unsavory. Unsavory. You know, very very kind of, you know, just ignorant. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, like, just ignorant, I think. Just, like, not everyone, of course, but... The majority of people that were very preppy and very ignorant and, you know, um, I guess they were never, like, 
I don't know. I guess I was never really in environments that were, um, that I could, you know, thrive in, that I was, like, treated the right way, and, and then that I had other openly, I mean, I wasn't really openly autistic because I, I wouldn't, um, I mean, especially back then, before I knew about, like, everything I know now, I definitely wouldn't have felt, like, disclosing, and even now, I'm very careful, like, I only disclose to people if I've, if I trust them enough, I, it has to be, like, it has to be, like, I have to have known them for a while, it has to be something, like, if it's a group that I've known for a long time, like, I ended up disclosing to my theater group, but that was, like, a two-year program, and it was, yeah. like, a year and a half in or something that I disclosed, uh, and it was, cause, so I had built enough trust with them, and, and, uh, you know, I knew at that point that they knew me well enough that they weren't, first, that they weren't gonna, like, treat me badly, and second, that they weren't gonna, like, doubt me or question me, or, like, because they knew, you know, like, it, I don't know, it's just, like, that made a big difference, but it wasn't, like, so I'm glad that happened, and then that like kind of ended up propelling me into this whole advocacy and everything too. Um, but it's interesting, you know. It would have been nice if, you know, aside from you know like our friendship, like I mean, we were just. It's really great that we, you know, we we got to be friends like from early on. But like, if I had had more exposure to other autistic people earlier, like, or just not even autistic people, like, but just, like, more accepting neurotypicals, more, you know, inclusive people, it it certainly would have been nice, but, you know, I guess... Like, if society actually integrated disabled people into the classrooms and made them accessible to everyone versus sending them off to very specific boarding schools. Yeah, I mean, that... That is... At least that's, you know... At least that's good, because I know that there there are a lot of cases where they do end up separating the disabled students, which I think is a disservice... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it would be nice if they did that. Like, if they did integrate disabled people into mainstream classrooms and made the whole mainstream classroom more accessible to everyone. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because, yeah, in most most cases that I know... I mean, I know there are some places that do that already, but it's very... It's not... It's definitely not widespread yet, and it it definitely needs to be... Um, uh, because, yeah, I mean, it's this whole mentality, like, it goes back to the whole thing, like, that it's still this whole thing, like, people, they, they say, and I've, you know, I, it feels like I rant about this a lot, but, like, special needs, I'm so tired of that term, I'm so tired of it, I see it way too much, and it's, like, just reinforcing this whole thing, like, 
you know, special needs, special education, like, I'm just like, stop. We're not aliens, people. We're not, like, and we're not all the same. Because, like, another super damaging thing when they say that is, like, you're assuming that we're all the same. Like, you're assuming... Like, not only are they calling you aliens inadvertently because somehow, for some reason, you're not, they're not human needs, they're special needs. Um, and then it's like, they're like, it's like, yeah, but like, technically everyone's like, you, you could say everyone's needs are special because every person is different. Yes. So it's like, why? It's it just drives me freaking crazy because it's like, I know, like, I know friends and family members that are, like, generally, like, generally nice people and everything, and, like, well-intentioned people, and they still use that term, and... Oh, yeah, no, it's kind of, it's horrible, like, I'm always just sort of, like... I have a friend who referred to um, another friend's kid as, like, special needs. And I'm like, he's autistic. I'm autistic. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, there's nothing really... Like, am I special needs, bro? (laughs) Like, I don't, I mean, like, I guess, but so is everyone. Like, I keep thinking, like, if we just were more inclusive to everyone, like, we... Not to, like, defend neurotypicals. Um, yeah, I don't <laughs> like know. Like, they need any defense. But, like, they... The society in general just runs people ragged. And maybe if we, like, gave everyone the sort of, like, special needs attitude. Like, every single person. Like, if we literally just sort of viewed everyone's needs as, like... Just give everyone... The accommodations make the world more nice. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm an idealist, but like, we don't need to understaff hella places. We don't need to make jobs excruciating. There's so many ways we could make like school and work and so many other situations just like way more accessible to people that aren't completely able-bodied neurotypical individuals i mean like white people white neurotypical able-bodied individuals yeah yeah um because i feel like a lot of places just aren't always accessible and it's not because like i don't know i don't know i lost my train of thought about like if we just treated everyone's needs, you're talking about like if we treated everyone's needs as special instead of, you know, singling out disabled needs. Like, yeah, no, just make the world nicer and more inviting instead of being like, oh, that person is special needs, but this other person who I can't tell has problems is just a dumbass sort of thing. And then Mm -hmm. like, they exclude the dumbass from the situation. Kind of like how it was when we were kids. Like, yeah. how our teacher... I don't, is it okay if I talk about how she, like... Sure, yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, no, how she pulled you out of the classroom 
to sit and talk about how if you if anyone bullies you, they'll get suspended, and if they do it again, they'll get expelled the next time. I am glad it worked. Um, I remember levying it against the few people also, which was such a good power trip, and it made me feel very protective, powerful. Um, uh, but, like, I just thought it was really horrible how she pulled you out to... Yeah, um, like, why did she need to tell that to me in private? Like, why... Well, no, she needed to tell everyone else, and she took you out with, like, I don't know, Miss W, I think? Yeah. Do you remember the recess teacher? She took you out with her, and then told all of us. I don't know, like, I felt really weird about it. I was like, why is my only friend in this room leaving? Like... This is horrible. Come back. Bring him back. Yeah. Um, but then she was like, yeah, don't bully Gino. Or, um, and I... It's weird that, I mean, because I... She hated me. That was my point. I was the dumbass. You were, like, viewed as needing coddled, I guess. Yeah, which is... I mean, it's frustrating. Like, it, it shows, like gender prejudice for sure and and that's like you know i think it talks uh, i mean it also kind of relates to um how girls get how girls still um you know i, I know at the time you identified as a uh, female um, i mean i'm read as a female by society everyone yeah. means me as a girl like it's fine like it's it's what it is and that's also part of like the perception of who i am being completely off Mm -hmm. well it's just it's very i mean it becomes apparent now it's like i of course i wasn't thinking about any of this stuff when when i was younger like when we were when you were seven yeah but it's like now i can see now i'm like oh my god there there's the gender prejudice there's like how why girls are mis undiagnosed or misdiagnosed so much more than boys and there was an example of it um, i always felt like really guilty for being jealous that you never really got in trouble and i was constantly being sent to the office in third grade for doing stuff like stimming oh shit like or stimming. like wow. reorganizing my desk suddenly because i was anxious oh, and, like, I worked really hard. I did credit, extra credit yeah. all the time. Like, I did my very best in that class because I was the only girl, too. Well, well, and, I mean, like, what? Well, nothing. I just think this is really important. I hope the neurotypicals are really listening really closely <laughs> to what you're saying because this this represents ableism and sexism, of course. But I think... This is what they really need to understand. This is, like, what ableism is. It's, like, because sometimes I don't know if, like, my neurotypical friends, like, I don't know if they understand, like, how deep the the core, the how systemic these issues are, you know? Like, they think I just, you know, oh, you know, I'm posting, like, for autism acceptance and yay, but it's, like, it's it's about our lives, you know? It's like... It's yeah, about... Yeah, no. How... And it's like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, except this, like, sweet, endearing person that we know and love. Mm-hmm. But, like, 
some autistic people are really fucking off-putting. Like, I'm just going to say it. Mm-hmm. And part of it is, like, their autism. Part of it is just, like, their personality. Yeah. Because, you know. But, yeah. like, people are going to latch on to their autistic traits of versus, course. like, the rest of them sucking. Of course. It's, like, you know, they because they, they never view it, like, uh, it just drives me crazy because it's, like, they never view the struggles or the problems of an individual, uh, particularly of an autistic individual. They never view it as, you know, the what the as you know separate like struggles or or issues. They always kind of they find a way to associate it with the autism, and they do this with like disabilities related to autism. Like I. I feel like, you know, people that are non-speaking, uh, they, they attribute that the inability to speak, which is actually a proxy of speech, to autism. But it's like not, like, it's not the autism, it's the proxy of speech, which is an autistic trait. It's like, I don't know, like, you know, I think I've, that people just sort of latch on to like what is most obvious to them. Yeah, it's just it's like always the I, negative I, perspective. I feel like it's always. Oh yeah. It's like they never. It's like like you know hyper focus and like all the positive stuff. I feel like they, when it's like, when they, they, cause I know they see that stuff and it's like, when they see that stuff, they're never, I feel like they never associate that with the autism. They're like, they always kind of like, it's so infuriating because I feel like not in this, not necessarily with me, but I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like autistic people in general, in general, like when they, the neurotypicals, they'll say something like, Oh, he's autistic, but he's really smart as if as if as if the smartness weren't part of the autism and it's like he is smart because he is autistic because he has hyper focus because he has special interests like I can be really smart at certain subjects because of my autistic hyper focus because you know I have these special interests like it's related to the autism like I would say he's autistic and really smart you know, because it's, but they separate it, but because they think the autism is just the disabilities. They think... I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no worries. I grew up in a very, I grew up going to LD, or alternative education schools. I really don't know what the freaking term is. Like, I think the schools in general, like, Mm -hmm. the concept of them, I don't really like them. I don't really like how I was isolated from society throughout my childhood and teenage years. Like, you can't really take kids with, like, already, like, so long, quote-unquote, impaired social skills, put them all alone, essentially. Like, 80% of my boarding school had, when I was there, was autistic. And I feel like you can't really just sort of, like, keep a bunch of autistic people in, like, a weird little, like 
echo chamber throughout high school years and then expect them to be not like an echo chamber, but like, like something where you're not going to like learn real world applicable, like how to interact in the world. You're going to learn how to interact in a world that like, maybe I sound like a boomer, like a hoop or bootstraps, but I I feel like I can relate to that. The people in the community would probably see us get dropped off in little white short buses and see some kids and go, wow, those kids are coming off the short bus today, huh? Mm. Like, I, we've just knew, like, you know, like, you know you're walking off a short bus and people are looking and they're looking at your classmates with all the nicest looks, but you're like 15 and don't even want to be there getting mm. off a short bus in public. So you're like, ah, I'm not like these people. Don't worry. But like, I was. Yeah. And I feel like the way people view disability, like, I don't know. The, uh, the school, the school would also be like, oh, this person's very good at this because, well, not the school, but like people, specific people would like kind of pathologize people's like talents and be like, oh, it's because they're autistic. But it's like, it helps, but it doesn't, it's not because. Yeah, it's, and that's something that I, um. Like the pendulum swung, swings both ways. It, It can go both ways. It's like, I think it's important to like, not separate it not say like you know like to acknowledge that like a lot of times you can be smart like it can be related to your autism but it's not always related like it's um yeah no like it can help you like it can help you be better at the things that interest you and like special interests are very real but like that doesn't mean like I don't know, like, I've just been like, hey, look at this slug, and people have been like, wow, you're so cool, your autism makes you so cool, and I'm like, um... It's not just the autism, yeah, it's like... <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. sort of like, it's a, sl- a slug, like, look at the thing mm-hmm. I like, stop talking about my autism? Yeah, because there is a lot of that, too, like, oh my gosh, like, certain TV shows, like... I'll just say it like this one TV show that's been bothering me, uh, The Good Doctor, because the main character who is autistic, um, like the whole show, they don't give him any personality. They make his personality a bunch of autism traits. And it's like, we're not, it's like, it, it, it's been driving me crazy because it's like, it's like you can give him personality. Like we're not aliens. Like we're not the only thing about us isn't just our autism. It's like we we can be autistic, have autistic traits and have a personality underneath that as well. Uh and it's yeah. just cuz it's it's in the sixth it's the sixth season now. And I'm like they're never <laughs> they don't give him any personality. Like they they have to make it clear in every scene that he's autistic because they make him they make him do this voice and of course it's a neurotypical actor. What a shock. Of course they didn't uh, they didn't cast an autistic person. Uh and they they make him do like this voice like 
some kind of speech impediment because that's supposed to be an autistic trait of his and it's like the and it's like every scene and it's like it they overplay his traits so much and you know like they make these situations like oh my god he did this because of his autism or whatever and it's like oh my god it's really starting to drive me crazy um like i want to watch it because i want to watch it with a critic like as an actor you know i want to be able to criticize it not just as an actor but like i want to criticize their representation too as an advocate um but it's hard sometimes because i'm just like god you guys like really had a chance to like give him some personality by now and and not make him just a bundle of traits but they choose to do that because that's what sells that's what the neurotypicals want to watch and it's, it's just why do they want to watch frustrating that? i don't know because that's what they think because i don't know it's like this cute sappy you know like it's like so like it's just like what neurotypicals think of autism and it's just not accurate i don't know it's it's frustrating um but i don't know understanding I on yeah. tumblr like years and years ago like 2016 2015 there was this things this like post this video of the, from the good doctor of him having a meltdown while arguing with his like caregiver or whatever yeah and he and like Everyone was, like, saying, like, this is a great example of a meltdown, but it's just sort of, like, what? No, because... It's, like... <laughs> no, that's a neurotypical actor, you know, being being told to, like, simulate a melt. Like, you can't... Like, I think... No, because it's, like, I mean, not only that, but it's, like... I think I remember the scene that you're talking about, and... um they didn't show like i think like what a and this is probably you know people don't get it but like an accurate representation of a meltdown to me has to have sensory overload that leads up to the meltdown because it's just like so many people have this notion that the meltdown is just the behavior and it's not it's like it's triggered by something because like I hear so many people um, mischaracterize meltdowns as tantrums, which is really ableist and harmful because you're disregarding, like, the sensory overload and what's going on that's leading to the meltdown. It's like pretending that we like to have meltdowns. Like, we don't like, I certainly don't like, and I'm sure you're the same, like, they're not fun, you know, we don't, we don't enjoy having meltdowns, they're just a response, like, we get, our brains get so overwhelmed, you know, in a society that's not built for us to be comfortable, so, yeah, Yeah. and it's like, it's like, they think it's something we do, because a tantrum is, you know, in my understanding, it's something that a child does intentionally to get something they want. And that's like... An adult can do it. <laughs> I've seen adults do it. And adults too. Stay. Adults can do it too. And um, it's like, that's not what we're doing. That's like so far from the reality 
of what a meltdown is. Like, a meltdown is like you're you're literally overloaded and exhausted and your brain can't take it anymore. Um, and, like, honestly, when parents, like, if they give in, like, if, if they're, like, quote-unquote give in to their kids' meltdowns, like, if they give their kid a thing for having, quote-unquote, for having the meltdown, like, they're not really acknowledging where it came from. Yeah. And, like... The kid probably isn't going to want the thing as much, even. They just want some sort of, like... Because I know I had meltdowns over not getting stuff, and then I would get the thing. But I would never really want it as bad. I just wanted, I don't know, to not have, like, intense emotions, not feel very attached to something I couldn't have. Like, I didn't want to throw a tantrum. I just couldn't handle not having the thing I wanted. And, like, I didn't want to cry to get it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but it it just shows like how there's not enough awareness about meltdowns and what they actually are and what actually causes them. And like I know like that I mean, I think in both our cases I I don't want to speak for you, but like I know that in my case like with my parents, I know they were trying their best, but I do wish that that they had, you know, and it's not even their fault. I just I just wish that they had better... They had been taught more. They had been exposed to more information about these things so they could accommodate... I mean, they did accommodate me in the best way that they could. I know that. Like, I know that given what they had, they did what they could. Um, but, like, if they had more, I know it would have been so much better. And I know... Um, I know that's the case with so many kids, uh, autistic kids that are out there now, like, and parents too. Like, if the, if the whole family just had a better understanding of these things and how they work and not a pathologized view and approach and it would just be so different. Um, but yeah, that's me going on another tangent. Um, no, I think that if families were more, like, supported and educated about neurodivergence and just sort of disability in general because the discourse is just it's still very negative it's like still very pathologized like i know it's changing i'm glad it's starting to change but it feels like it's still a very slow shift like because when you google autism it's still (laughs) (laughs) yeah you know what i'm talking about so it's like yeah um still very most of the stuff that pops up is pathology based which is frustrating um but anyways um moving on uh to my last couple questions to uh what has been the first one what has been the most challenging part of this journey for you um overall just like you know and it could be something that we already discussed. It could be something else. But, like, from childhood till till now, basically. Honestly, I think the more I learn, I think, just being as a girl and not being known I'm autistic... People have just thought I've been, like, 
dumb or crazy or crazy and dumb um or like i'm too smart to be doing this or like too smart to be whatever like being told about my potential but never being truly supported in my struggle um and having it not really seen um and just sort of how people treated me like i was not a good person overall for like being kind of out of hand as a kid like i wasn't like like that one teacher said like i never went to the office the entire two times i was in or two years i was in her classroom and when i was in the office the next year she was genuinely surprised that i got sent to the office i think she was just frustrated with my classwork return um but like i was a genuinely pretty good kid and i really didn't like getting in trouble so i tried my best not to break the rules but me breaking the rules was i got a whole talk i can't even remember the talk but like the whole talk was essentially like you need to sit still like pay attention like stop moving around stop fiddling with things and like i'm looking back and i kept saying i didn't mean to i didn't mean to and they're like oh you know what you're doing because like i know what i know each individual action i was doing but it really looking back feels like they were like stop being autistic exactly of course it does yeah i mean that's essentially what they were saying and maybe they they didn't even know that they were saying that or realize that they were saying that at the time, but that's pretty much exactly what they were saying. Um, like, when they were trying to stop you from stimming and stuff, um, like, clearly, that's just... It... it yeah, it makes me mad because it is definitely... Wait, do you remember our French teacher lifting my head up by my fucking hair? No. You don't? Because I wasn't paying attention. I was looking down at something and she just grabbed me by my hair and made me look at her. And I saw our third grade teacher look at her like, what are you doing? Oh my god. Wow. But like, I wasn't a well-liked kid by most of the teachers, I think. So like, that kind of behavior. Like, honestly, I feel like I'm lying about this, but I know I'm not. No, Because like, I know none of these adults would ever say they did this. Well, of course they would. But I know they did. <laughs> Sorry, I just remembered it. that. No, I mean, if, like, I'm glad you, I mean, jeez, it just shows, I, I really hope, God, if anything, I just, I mean, more than anything, I think, I just really hope neurotypicals are, are listening to all of this, because this is what autistic people have to deal with from an early age, and this is why I just want people to understand, like, this is why we talk so much about autism because it's important because this we don't want people to have these experiences you know and that we that we've had and that so many people are still having um anyways you know i i could i could rant about this for for longer but i know we're at about an hour so yeah, I know, I just realized that. I'll move on to my final question, which is a lot more yeah. positive. Uh, what has been the most gratifying part 
of this journey for you. Just, you know, even though there has been a lot of struggle, like one thing that's been like, you would say that's been pretty positive about, you know, discovering that you're autistic. Learning how to unmask and honestly, just learning how to unmask and respect my body like what my body is telling me instead of being just trying to not focus like I don't know like I often dissociate because of like sensory everything and like all the experiences I had like I was just freaking like yeah so like learning how to try and stay grounded and be me versus like kind of dissociating and regurgitating the same five phrases in intervals you know yeah like i feel like you know i can relate a lot to the whole unmasking thing and and like how how helpful how how good how how nice it's felt for me too to be able to allow myself to unmask because i feel like i've known like even a few years ago, like, I think I was starting to realize that I was masking, but Mm -hmm. I never, like, it wasn't until, like, earlier this year, really, that I really fully began just accepting who I am, really just kind of getting, getting rid of all the internalized ableism that I had acquired from growing up in our ableist society that we live in. Uh, And then, you know, kind of allowing myself to to be myself, like just me to be okay with me and unmask. And then that's kind and then also advocating at the same time. But then just the unmasking thing, like, before seeking acceptance from others just just seeking acceptance from myself too it's been so so relieving and so gratifying because it's like i can just be myself i can stim i can repeat phrases like echolalia i do that a lot too and it's like and i'm just and i can just do it and i just not care because it's like before if i was like in public or somewhere like at a restaurant or whatever like I feel like I would keep, I would literally, like, suppress my stims just because I didn't want to be, like, weird or whatever. But now I'm like, okay, so what? I'm If they want to think I'm weird, then I'm weird, you know? And that's weird to them, fine. Like, I'm going to yeah. stim because I want to stim. And it's not illegal to stim. I'm not hurting anyone. Um, so I'm going to stim, yeah. And it's just been, like... Yeah, really, really gratifying for me, too, so... I wonder, like, how... If we had just not been masking at, like, 20, how much more, like, quality time we would have gotten? Yeah. Honestly, sometimes I think about it. For sure. But also, sometimes I think about how I was trying to do... Like, I hate small talk, but I would be like, hey, yeah, so the weather... And you would be like, tell me... You would tell me this, like, really interesting thing about the weather, and I would be like... This is what I need. I need this information. Because, see, we understood each other, like, as autistic people. It's all because it's a special interest, you know? It's like with neurotypicals, 
neurotypicals, I talk about the weather, most neurotypicals. Uh, and they just, like, all of a sudden, like, because I get so excited about it, you know, it's like my special interest. And then yeah. I look at them after 30 seconds and they're blank, their face is like blank. They're just but like, why don't they care is my thing. Why don't they care about it? Because that is very interesting information. You are telling them literally about what the world about around them does and why it does that. Exactly. Are like, you really not going to like go, hmm, let me utilize this information. Like literally last night, it was clear out and I was like, I should prepare for a cold morning. And you know why? It's because you told me about the cycle of like hot and cold stuff yep. in 2013. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> See, it's And useful. then these people are like, oh, I don't want to hear about the weather. I just wanted to say it's cloudy. Like, why would I you know. say that? No, it drives me crazy because they're getting a free lecture. They don't understand. They're getting, they're getting good information. <laughs> yes, they're getting a free class on this topic that I'm so well versed <laughs> on. And, and, you know, I'm telling them real stuff that they can use in the future. Like, you beautifully, you know, took that in and, and it helped you. It helped you because you remembered and you knew it was going to be cold. And, and it was like, and if only they, they understood that. If only they valued that. If only, like, instead of just taking it as, like, me going on a tangent, they, like, absorbed it and like oh my god this is really interesting oh my god you know i'm gonna remember this um like it's literally like the sky that we are under we're yeah. all under this sky exactly I don't know, man. yeah it's anyways yeah it's just <laughs> totally um well okay i know we're at well we just passed one hour and five minutes so um i'm gonna I'm I'm going to uh let you go but I wanted to say uh thanks for sharing everything this was a very great conversation um yeah. really really great to to reminisce on you know even though there were a lot of childhoods and like I mean a lot of struggles in our childhood not a lot of childhoods um you know, and and just things that now, now we look back at and we see how how blatant, you know, how it was really blatant ableism. But of course, we we didn't know at the time. Um, but yeah, no, in general, this has been just a really great conversation. So so thank you for coming on. One yeah. more thing, do you remember that one time that kid threw the basketball at me on accident and it knocked me into the sandbox and you started screeching at him? I think I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about how we definitely had like a pact, like an unspoken pact of protecting each other, True. I think. Yeah. yeah and I think that was very important. And yeah. Good. For both of us, I think, for sure. Anyway, yeah. I just wanted to add that on. Yeah, of course. That we would like throw down. It goes yeah. down for today. Like, I will throw down for yeah. you to this day. Same same to you, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we'll get matching boxing gloves or something. Yeah, yeah, we should do that. Um, Thank you for having me on also. I yeah. forgot to Yeah, well, that. thank you. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it. I yeah. agree. Um, 
Yeah, both of us are weird with goodbyes. Like, how should we do? Um, <laughs> how do we do? This? I just unapologetically, you know, I tell my viewers that, you know, we're we're just really awkward with with goodbyes. <laughs> so I'm gonna gonna tell everyone right now. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned for the next one. And see you next time.